Ezekiel chapter 37. Now check this out. Is this amazing or what here? This is supposed to be a tree house, but I'm going to preach from this today. I feel like a Lutheran minister right now. Praise God. Well, don't miss VBS. And if you have any children, bring them to VBS. They are going to be really excited about what God is doing. I think we have about 230 kids already signed up. And a lot of kids come from the neighborhood. So um, thank the Lord. And let's give the worship team a, 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 a big applause and say thank you for helping us, Pastor Josh. And, you know, you don't want to miss... You don't want to miss uh, tomorrow night at Jones Beach. You don't want to miss, we, we, we've got drama. Uh, we've got a Christian illusionist who's coming. We've got the CG choir. We've got the worship team. We're going to be out there proclaiming the good things of God, the boldness of the Lord. Now, let me tell you, we really are in need. We really are in need of 10 guys that can help us set this stuff up. And so please, if you're off, please go to the back. See Lisa Nora to one, somebody else and just sign up and say, I will be there tomorrow. We, we, we can't like, oh, I hope they're going to come. We got to have guys because we need to set this stuff up. And so please help out with that. Amen. I want you to turn to Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel 37 verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley, it was full of dry bones. And he led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. Bones that were very dry. And he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know then he said to me, prophesy. Then he said to me, speak to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath. Everybody say breath. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. And I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. And I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. This morning I want to start a brand new series entitled The Power of Re. Now, all week long, people have been asking me, what is this re? Is it a vitamin? What are you talking about when you talk about re, the power of re? You know, one morning I woke up and God spoke to me. I mean, he spoke to me as I know that I'm here today. And he said to me, I want you to talk about the power of re. He said, I want you to start a brand new series. I love when God does that. I, I love when I know that I know that I know that God said something to me. And if I don't speak it, it's like fire shut up in my bones. Come on, somebody. And he gave me those words, the power of re. And the reason why we all need a re in our life, and the reason why I believe today that through the summer, many of you are going to get read. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to get read. The reason why so many of us need a re in our life is because we all get tired. How many of us get tired? We get tired. 
All of us need to be refreshed. Everybody say refreshed. See, all of us need to be refreshed in the Word. All of us need to be refreshed in the Spirit. All of us have a tendency to lose our first love. We don't want to, but the truth is we get so busy in our life, a lot of times we get worn out because of the world and the things that are happening in our life that we need to be refreshed in the Lord so that we can return back to our first love. All of us need to be revived. You see, because the truth is all of us tend to leak spiritually. You know, Sunday morning we're feeling good. Monday morning we're feeling pretty good. By Wednesday we need another jolt of the Spirit in our life and we need to be revived by the Word. You know, the Bible tells us that the Word of God is so alive that it can revive our bones, that it's, that it's real life to us. The Bible says the Word of God is living and it's active and it's sharper than two-edged swords. And as a result of that, it can speak to us. It can change us. And when God breathes His Word into us, we can stand up and say, I've been revived. Come on, somebody. Say amen. See, many of us need to be refilled. Everybody say refilled. We need to be refilled with the Spirit of God. Now, there's one baptism in the Holy Spirit, but there's many fillings of the Holy Spirit. And Paul the Apostle said, don't be drunk with wine, but be what? Filled by the Holy Spirit. Filled, walking, controlled by the Spirit. Now, last week I went off for a few moments about, you know, alcohol, and I really believe that Christians should stay clear of alcohol. You shouldn't drink any of it anytime, and I'll tell you why. When I was a kid, I got drunk several times in my own home because there was alcohol there, and you know what? We can't show our kids that we're drinking because it emboldens them to do the same, and some of our kids, they just won't be able to handle it. And last week, I want to tell you a testimony. Last week in the first service, I was talking about it, and I said, could you picture your pastor with a martini in, in, in his hand? And this lady that was sitting in the sanctuary, she's a Christian. She loves the Lord with all of her heart. But she said, Pastor Steve, this week, she called me up. She said to me, Pastor Steve, or I see her, saw her outside. She said, Pastor Steve, I want to really thank you for that word. It was a word from God. She says, I'm a Christian, and I started to drink a little bit of wine. And a little bit of wine went to more wine and more wine. She says, I was out of control. And I thank the Lord for the preaching of God's word. You set me straight. God has delivered me from this. And I thank the Lord. Come on, somebody. Say amen. But Paul the Apostle says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we need to be refilled. How many know that we need to be refilled with the fruit of the Spirit? We need to be refilled with love in our life. Why? Because a whole lot of knuckleheads in this world. And you know what? Some people are just hard to love. Don't turn to your neighbor right now. Look at him. Don't turn to your husband right now. But some people are just hard to love. And we need to be refilled with the love of God. Sometimes we lose our joy. How many times uh, we're, we're going through life and, and things are just getting really, really hectic in our life and we're overwhelmed with grief or sorrow or whatever and the enemy wants to steal our joy and we need to be refilled with joy. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we need joy, so we need to be refilled with joy in our life. We need to be refilled with the fruit of the Spirit. See, all of us lose our passion to reach the lost. I mean, we get busy. But God tells us that we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We, but because of our busyness, 
Sometimes because of discouragement and depression, we lose sight of the loss, and we need to re-engage our community. We need to re-engage the loss. We even need to re-engage with God. We need to re-engage with other people in our life. So we need a re-engagement in our life. And some of us, we need to be released. Some of us, we got stuck. We've gotten stuck when it comes to ministry. We've gotten stuck in a relationship. We've gotten stuck spiritually, and we need a release from God. Everybody say, I need a release from God. We need to know who we are in God. We need to have a holy boldness, and we need to be released by God. Now, next week, I don't want you to miss it. We're going to have service all day. We're going to have service in the first, 8.30, 10.30, 12.30. We're going to go home. We're going to come back in the evening at 6, 6.30. And we're going to have Randy Ruiz with us. And you know what? I don't have a whole lot of evangelists in the church. I think that, you know what? Sometimes some of them are a little kooky. Um, and um, I'm just being honest with you, you know? But, but man, when I find a good evangelist, when I find somebody that's really, really good, spiritual, balanced, loves the Lord, and he's here to pour into the lives of people, I want to I wanna give you that person to just pour into your life. And Randy Ruiz is that kind of a person. He's balanced. He's a godly man. He is known around the country. He travels all over the world. And I want you to know he's going to be with us all week next week, and he's going to talk about being relit. How many know that we've got to be the light of the world, and some of us need to be relit? Relit with the fire of God. So I believe God's going to do some incredible things next week, all day long. And I want you to be here, bring a friend with you, because he is going to relight us. And then so many of us need to be restored. There are relationships in our life that are broken, and they need to be restored. That we're never going to be everything that God wants us to be until we're restored relationally. Relationally to God, but also with other people. There's broken relationships. And I believe this summer, God is going to restore some people. I'm going to tell you right now, I believe that God's going to revive some people. I believe that God's going to renew some people. I believe that God's going to refresh some people. I believe that God is going to release people so that they can re-engage with the world. And I believe with all my heart that God is is going to rebuild some people's lives. God is going to do some re this week. Come on, somebody say amen. The power of re. Do you got it now? But in this story, the Bible says that God brings Ezekiel to a valley. He makes him walk up the mountain. He looks down at the valley, and then he makes him walk into the valley. And he says to Ezekiel, he says, Ezekiel, what do you see and Ezekiel sees a whole bunch of dry bones. And who were those people? Where did they come from? Well, the Bible says that those people were God's people. They were the people of Israel. And if you know the story, you'll know that the people of Israel, because of rebellion, because they would not receive the word of the Lord, the Bible says because of their sin, that they were to go into Babylon for 70 years to be judged by God, to be oppressed by the Babylonians for 70 years, and they would emerge from that place, and God would do a new thing in their life, that God would revive them, refresh them, and restore them. But they had to go into that place of judgment. They had to go into that place of discipline, because if the Lord loves you, he's going to discipline you. Come on, somebody, say amen. And it's in the middle of that time, that God takes the prophet Ezekiel, who is absolutely a contemporary of Isaiah, and they're prophesying to these people that are now in Babylon, and these people have lost total hope. And the Babylonians could care less about the Israelites, and they'd take their bones and throw them in a valley. 
And the bones kept on mounting up, and there were so many bones. And the Bible says that God says to, to the prophet, I want you to go and walk in that valley. And he's walking, and on his feet, near his feet, everywhere he looks, there are bones. There are dry bones. And God says to the prophet Ezekiel, Ezekiel, do you know, son of man, do you know whether or not these bones can live? And the prophet Ezekiel says, God, only you know whether or not these bones can live. Only you know whether or not you can bring them back to life right now. Why? Because, Lord, this valley is filled with dry bones. In other words, everywhere I look, there is death. Everywhere I look, there are dry bones. Dry bones means that they've been here for a very long time, God. I mean, they're so dry because they've been there for years and years and years. And all I see all around me, God, is death. All I see all around me is hopelessness. Dry bones means they've been subjected to the elements. Dry bones means that they've been absolutely dead for a long time and there's no signs of life. No signs of life. Everywhere I look, there's discouraging news. Everywhere I look, it's overwhelming. It's a pandemic of death. And Ezekiel said, Lord, only you know, because all I see is discouragement. All I see is a graveyard filled with lost hope. And the truth is, it seems like everywhere we go today, we see death. Unfortunately, so often around our world, wherever we go, we see all around us disheartening news because there's death all around us. Listen to me. These were God's people. These were God's chosen people. And God said, I know that they're dead. I know that this is a graveyard filled with dead dreams, with dead opportunities, with dead hope. But I, once again, am going to breathe. Everybody say with me, breathe. I am going to breathe upon these bones. And again, I will bring them back to life. And where there was death, I'm going to bring life. Where there was hopelessness, I'm going to bring hope. Where there was joylessness and sorrow, I'm going to be joy. Hallelujah. Where there was no vision, I'm going to open their eyes. They're going to be a great, a mighty army. And they're going to see things that I want them to see. Somebody say amen. I'm going to breathe on these dead bones, and they're going to come back to life. And I believe this morning, I believe with all my heart, that in the next couple of weeks, God's going to breathe on some of you. That God's going to breathe his life into you again. And God's going to revive some dreams that you had that are in the graveyard today. God is going to revive some of the hope that you've had that's sitting in a graveyard, that God's going to revive some of your faith. Hallelujah. And you're going to rise up again and say, I believe that all I need is one breath from God, the pneuma of God, the rhema of God, the logos of God, the word of God, and God's going to bring something back to life in my life. Come on, somebody. God is going to do some resurrecting life today. Hallelujah. He's going to resurrect you. He's going to resurrect your hope. He's going to resurrect your dream. He's going to resurrect power inside of you so that you can be all that God wants you to be. Somebody say amen. I believe it, Pastor Steve, Lord our God. But I want to tell you, this, this, this chapter is a preacher's dream. Every Pentecostal preacher loves Ezekiel 37. 
It's a pastor's dream to preach about Ezekiel 37. And I want to tell you, I've preached it several times in different ways, but today I see something so different here that I want to speak to you about. You see, the first thing I believe that God had to do for Ezekiel, in order for Ezekiel to be effective, to fulfill his God-given destiny, he had to breathe hope back into Ezekiel's life. You see, God wants to breathe into your life a sense of divine hope that will carry you on the wings of his grace and his power. In fact, let me tell you something. The greatest enemy of revival is discouragement. The greatest enemy of revival is doubt and unbelief. And what is revival? Revival is resuscitating something back to life. It means to resuscitate. It means to make new again so that it can come back to life, to restore something back to its original purpose. That's what revival is. And the greatest enemy of revival is a sense that it's never going to happen. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time, Lord. I've been in the church for 30 years or 40 years or 50 years or 10 years, and the pastor's been talking about a last day revival. The pastor's been talking about healing and miracles and all those things, and I've heard it before. It's never going to happen. No, unbelief will keep you from experiencing the power of God in your life. You see, I believe that God still raises the dead. I believe that God still opens the eyes of the blind. I still believe that God heals the sick. I still believe that God can take a drug addict and, re and, and redeem him and restore him and renew him so that he can be everything that God wants him to be. I believe that God can restore marriages. Why? Because I believe in God. And God is a great God. He's a mighty God. He's an awesome God. And God, all he has to do is speak one word and it'll come back to life again. Hallelujah. I believe in God and the God of miracles is here today. And Jesus went to his own hometown. And the Bible says he wanted to bring revival to his town. He wanted to restore people. He wanted to heal people. Remember, healing, divine healing is a part of revival. When God begins to send revival, people get healed. Hope comes alive again in their life. But the Bible says he went to his own hometown and they would not believe. And as a result of that, God could not breathe revival into them. Friend, I want you to know there comes a point in all of our lives where the enemy t tries to take away from us our very hope. He wants to squeeze out hope in our life. Because once you lose hope, you lose will. Some of us think it can never happen in our life. The truth is, it's hard to have hope when you see death all around you. And unfortunately, this morning, some of us have lost hope. We've lost hope that our family could ever be what God wants it to be. We've lost hope that our marriage can be restored. We've lost hope in this world. We've lost hope that things can get better. You know, Proverbs says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. The writer of uh, Proverbs understood that when you lose hope, you lose your will to live. I've been a pastor for a while now. In fact, this June, June 13th, 
I was the senior pastor of this church for 20 years. I've been at a lot of funerals. I've been, a lot, I've been at a lot of bedsides of people who are, who are dying. And the truth is, I can see it in their eyes when they lose hope. And more, I just, I'll tell you something. When I see it in their eyes that they've lost hope, it's just a few days and they're going to be on to glory. But let me tell you, when you get hope, you have a will to live. You know, I don't know a lot about my dad. And this past week, I had the privilege to spend some time with my mom. My dad died when I was four years old. But just an illustration of hope and what hope can do, even for a season in somebody's life. My dad had cancer, and, and uh, right, right before he died, a couple of months before he died, he decided he wanted to go back to Italy because he had a lot of family there, and he believed that the doctors in Italy could understand him a little bit better because he can only speak it, Italian. And so he went back to Italy. And, you know, when you're four years old, you have these kind of pictures. You just have these snapshots. You don't have a whole lot of history. You can't see a lot of stuff when you're four years old. You can't remember a lot of stuff. You just have these snapshots. And I have a couple of snapshots in my mind of things that happened in my life when it came to my dad, me and my dad. And my dad, I'll, I'll never forget my mom just telling me this several times already, but she kind of elaborated on it last week when we were talking, spending some time together. She said, she said, Steve, I want to tell you a little bit more about dad and, 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 and what happened to him at the, at the end of his life as he gave his life to Christ and as he believed with all of his heart that Christ had healed his spirit and that he was going to go to heaven. But before he died, he went to Italy and... and uh, they had opened him up to try to do surgery, and they found that the cancer had spread everywhere, and so they just kind of sewed him back up, and they stitched him up, and they said, you know what, most likely he's going to have a couple of days, and uh, let's just kind of hope that he can hold on so he can say goodbye to his family. Well, he, he called home, and he said to my mom, he said, I, I want to see the boys. He said, he said, I want to see my sons. So I was four years old. My, my brother Frankie was seven, my brother Anthony was eight years old, and my sister was five months old. And my, my mom of 28 years old, she got on the plane with four kids, and she flew to Italy the next day. It was amazing how she got passports, everything. She, we went to Italy. I don't, I don't remember a whole lot of that. All I remember is walking into my dad's room, and he had IV, and he looked like death. I can remember he was laying down on a on a bed and he looked like death that's what I remember but something happened to my dad because we went there and he saw his sons this I'm just telling you how hope works It's amazing he saw his little sons he saw his wife the next snapshot I have I don't I don't know what happened in between there and there I just can tell you this the next snapshot that I had of my dad was he was in a suit and he was walking me down the street and he was laughing you see, that's what hope does. Hope brings life back. Hope gives us a chance to believe that God can do great things. And my dad passed on uh, shortly, about two months after that. But I only say that not to bring you down, but to tell you that that's the power of hope. That somebody could be at their deathbed and God can restore. Well, in those two months, I can tell you that my mom told me that my dad had gotten so close to God. That, that, that he knew that he knew that God was doing a work in his life and that my dad, he gave his life to the Lord. I mean, he was not really serving God. But because he had gotten ill and he knew that he was going to heaven, he needed to get right with God. And he, he got right with God. 
and, and he was so filled with the peace of God. And let me tell you something. I believe with all my heart that by his stripes we are healed and we need to believe for divine healing and we need to believe God that he will heal us no matter what. But you know what? God did a work in my dad's life. I don't know where he was with his faith when it came to healing, but I know that he had an amazing amount of faith that God deposited in his heart to believe that God was his savior, his Lord, that he was right with God and he was ready to go to heaven. And you know what my mom said to me? She said that, that uh, they, t- they took him back to America, and he was in the hospital in America, and uh, they knew that it was just moments that he was going to go on to see the Lord. She walked into the room, and he had this incredible smile on his faith, face. I mean, it was a huge smile, and he was looking up to heaven, and my mom and my uncle, they said, well, why is he smiling? My uncle said, well, because he saw you. He saw me, and she said, no, I know my husband. He saw an angel. He saw Jesus. He had such a glow on his face, and right after that, he went on to be with the Lord. Friend, let me tell you something. No matter what happens in your life, as Paul the Apostle said, this present suffering cannot be compared to the future glory that will be revealed in us. In hope, the Bible says we are saved. Notice what it says. Listen to this. This is a powerful verse in Romans chapter 8, verse 22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sons, the redemption of our body, for in this hope we are saved. For in this hope we are saved. This is what Paul's saying. Paul's saying we are held together by hope. We believe with all our heart. That's what the very substance of faith is. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things that are not seen. And friend, I want you to know we're saved in hope. What's our hope? Our hope is that we're going to see Jesus again. That's not just like I hope that I hope. It's assurance in our heart that we know that we don't know what we're going to look like, but when we see him face to face, we're going to be like him. And the Bible says, that these bodies of ours are going to take on incorruptibility, imperishability, and in the twinkling of an eye, we're going to be changed. The trumpet of God will sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise, and we that remain shall be caught up to meet him in the air. We're going to see Jesus again, and in, in heaven, the Bible says he's going to wipe away every tear and take away every sorrow. See, I'm not, I'm not filled with sorrow over my dad. Why? Because he lived with hope. He believed in Jesus. He believed in the resurrection of the Lord, and one day, I'm going to see my father again you see I have hope and that hope keeps me going hallelujah that help keeps me strong that hope keeps me believing that hope keeps me singing and it keeps me going the right direction in my life why because without hope we lose all strength to live and friend I want you to know today God is breathing on some of you new hope hallelujah God is breathing new hope into you to know that all things work together for the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That God is breathing new hope that one day your son is going to come home again. Your daughter is going to get off of drugs. That your marriage is going to be restored again. Why? Because when God comes and he breathes just one breath upon us, he breathes new life. He breathes hope into us. Glory to God. And when he breathes hope into us, He also brings vision. Notice what God says to Ezekiel. He said, Ezekiel, what do you see? You see, you have to be able to see it before you can speak it. 
You've got to be able to see it in your spiritual mind before you can see it. And so God says to Ezekiel, what do you see? See, God wants to breathe into you today new vision. He wants to give you a revival of a God-inspired vision so that you can see what he sees. God brings the prophet Ezekiel to the valley. And he says, Ezekiel, what do you see? And the prophet replies, I see dry bones. I see death. I see hopelessness. I see failure. I see defeat. But God says, I see life. Where there is hopelessness, I see hope. Where there is sickness, I see health. Where there is death, I see resurrection. Where there is spiritual deadness, I see revival. Where there is weakness, I see strength. Where there is no miracles, I can bring miracles. Why? Because I can see things that you can't see. And listen, in order for you to live a bold life, in order for you to live with hope, you've got to be able to see what God sees. And God is going to open some of your eyes today. He's going to give you a revival of vision. Why? Because vision calls those things that are not as though they are. I want you to write this down. Vision is the seed. Vision is the seed that is planted into fertile ground of faith that produces a harvest of God's blessing. Let me say it again. Let me back up. and Let me slow it down. Vision is so incredibly important. Why? Because vision is the seed that is planted in the fertile ground of faith that produces a harvest of God's blessing. Listen to me. Without faith, visions die. And without vision, hope dies. You see, without vision, dreams die. Without vision, marriages die. Without vision, church dies. Without vision, the future becomes a graveyard of what ifs. And God said, without vision, my people, they perish. And listen to me. Before God could ever use Ezekiel, he had to see that those dry bones would become living beings. Ezekiel had to see before God told him to speak. That's why God said to Ezekiel, what do you see? In other words, God said to Ezekiel, if you can't see it first, you can't speak it. And friend, I, I want to tell you, you have to be able to see it before you can speak it. You've got to be able to see what God sees. You've got to have God-sized vision. You've got to have God-sized dreams. You've got to be able to say, God, I can see the things that you want in my life. Why? Because vision is a picture of a preferable future. And the truth is, some of you in this room, you can't see it anymore. That's why you need revival. Remember when you were first saved? You could see that your whole family would come to know Christ as their Savior. When you first got saved and when you were on fire for God, you could believe that God could do anything. You could believe that you could be called into the ministry. You could believe that God would use you in a great way. But unfortunately today, you can't see it anymore. And you need revival in your life. You need God to revive your vision to see what God can see. Because when you can see it in your mind, when you can see it in your spirit, when you can see it, you can see the very things that God wants, then you can speak it boldly. Why? Because hope will come back into your life and faith will call those things that are not as though they are. You can't see God's blessing in your life. The truth is, some of you, you cannot see God's healing power in your life any longer. You can't see God restoring your marriage. You can't see 
God healing your broken heart. You can't see yourself filled with joy and laughter. The devil has stolen your vision. Let me say that again. The devil has stolen your vision. And without vision, people perish. Life has robbed you of the ability to see what God sees. Trials have taken away your capacity to dream big. The storms of life have darkened your pathway so that you cannot see any longer those things that are good and wholesome and righteous and good and glorious in your life. And now you simply cannot see that God is able to do whatever he said he would do. See, the Bible says, eye has not seen nor ear has heard nor has it entered into the heart of man what God is preparing for those who love him. Now listen to me. Now listen to me. We stop at that verse, but if you keep on reading on, it says, but we, we have vision because we have the mind of Christ. We can see it. I want you to close your eyes right now and don't go to sleep. If somebody starts drooling, hit them. Say, this is just too good. I want you to close your eyes and I want to ask you a question. What do you see? You say, I can't see anything any longer. Well, this morning, God is going to revive your ability to see what he sees. Listen to me. When you get so discouraged in your life, keep your eyes closed. You lose your ability to see what God sees. The prophet Elijah, he was a godly man, and he believed that God could do anything. Keep your eyes closed. And the Bible says that he got so discouraged that he ran into the desert and he sat under a broom tree and he said, God, I just want to die. And God said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah said, I'm here because I'm the only one who loves God. And God said, no, Elijah, you're wrong. Let me open your eyes. There are 7,000 people that love God just the way you love God. Let me open your eyes, Elijah. I'm a big God. I'm a mighty God. And I'm going to do a great work in Israel. Let me open your eyes, Elijah, so you can see. And the Bible says that God opened his eyes so that he could see. And the Bible says that God revived his soul. And he said to Elijah, now it's time to go back and do the work of the kingdom. And friend, I want you to know today that God is reviving your soul and he's reviving your vision and I want you to know that you don't belong in the desert of discouragement and you don't belong in the desert of doubt and unbelief and fear and discouragement you belong in the kingdom of God doing the great work of God so get up stop saying where you are stop saying I'm gonna die but say God I will live and I will see the glory of God and I will do great things in the kingdom of God because my God is a great God he's a mighty God glory to God so keep your eyes closed. What do you see? What do you need to see? Oh, oh God, I need to see my boy come home. Well, see it in your eyes. See it in your spiritual eyes. Oh God, I need to see my daughter healed. Close your eyes, would you please close your eyes. Oh God, I need to see healing from my body. What do you see? Oh, God, I need to see your power in the church. What do you see? Oh, God, I need to see myself in a field of grace, jumping and dancing, filled with joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, God, I need to see that again you could use me. That God, I failed you before, but I'm going to fail forward. I'm going to get 
up and I'm going to pick something up with me and I'm going to move on. God, I need to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Glory to God. What do you see? Keep your eyes closed. What do you see? Unfortunately, some of you just see brokenness. Unfortunately, some of you, you see pain and heartache and sickness and sorrow. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come against every spiritual force of darkness that would steal the very vision of your people because without vision they will perish. God, I pray today, I speak to the wind and I speak to those dry bones. I speak to those dead dreams. I speak to the deadness in their spirits and in their hearts, oh God. I speak to them and I speak to those lost hopes in their life. And I pray today that you would revive their vision to see what you see, oh God. Look at me. Because lastly, as the worship team comes, not only is it important to see what God sees, but listen to me, look at me. I believe that God is restoring a spiritual boldness and authority over his church again. See, the truth is, we're not speaking boldly the things of God. And the truth is that there's power in the tongue to bring life or death. And so, so, so God brings the prophet to the valley of dry bones. And he says, Ezekiel, what do you see? And Ezekiel says, I see, I see a valley filled with dry bones. And God says, I'm going to give you hope again. I'm going to change your vision. Now you're going to see a great mighty army. But he said, now you can speak to those bones. You see, you have to have hope. You have to be able to see it to have hope, and then you have to be able to speak it to see it come to pass. Hallelujah. Oh, there's power in the word. There's power in being able to proclaim the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God. I see it, and I speak it. Why? Because from the abundance of, of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the Bible says that you first have to believe with your heart and then you confess it with your mouth. Now I know that faith preachers have gone way to the other extreme with this, but let me tell you something. We have lost in the church today the boldness of speaking the promises of God over our situation in our life. We have been robbed of the spoken word. We have been robbed of being able to say, this is what the Sovereign Lord has said. This is what the Sovereign Lord has proclaimed. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. If God said it, I believe it so I can speak it. Glory to God. And it will come to pass. Friend, I want you to know that God is raising up an army of people that are bold in the Word of God, that will speak the Word of God, that will go into hospital rooms and say, rise up and be healed, that will go into their workplace and say, this is the place where God has sent me and God's going to do a great work that will walk into their homes and say, this is my house and as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and you will speak with power and authority. Why? Because there's power in the tongue to bring life and death. Son of man, speak to these bones and they'll come up alive again. Speak to these bones. And so, 
Ezekiel says, and so God gave me hope. And I could see it. Ezekiel said, oh, I can see it. I can hear it. You see, I want to tell you, sometimes when you start speaking over to your, over your family or over your marriage, you might not be able to see the whole fruition of what God is doing, but there's a sound. Hallelujah. Friend, I can hear a sound right now. I said, I can hear a sound right now. And the Bible says that he, as he began to speak, the bones started to rattle. Could you imagine? I want, I want to be there. Woohoo! bones starting to rattle come together and he said oh man I hear the sound and friend I want you to hear the sound of God's faithfulness today I want you to hear the sound of God's glory today I want you to hear the sound that God said by my stripes you are healed believe and your whole household will be saved glory to God that God can still raise the dead that God can do anything I want you to hear it there's a rattling noise in the church today in the last days I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Hallelujah. And the Bible says there was 120 people that could hear the rattling noise. See, it just takes a few people that can hear the sound of revival. Can you hear the sound of revival this morning? I can hear it. It's starting to rumble. The bones are starting to come together. They're starting to rattle. They got together in an upper room on the day of Pentecost and they said, I can hear the sound of revival. And they were praying and believing. And the Bible says, once again, God breathed the pneuma of God. The Bible said that they were, they were beings, but they had no spirit. And so then God said to Ezekiel, don't only speak to them, but now breathe on them. And so I, I spoke to the wind, and I said, wind, come from the four corners of the earth. And the Bible says the wind started to come from the four corners of the earth. I can hear the sound of revival. I can hear it from Valley Stream. I can hear it from Medford. Hallelujah. I can hear it from Brazil. I can hear it from Africa. I can hear it from Asia. God's going to do something great in the last days. And he heard the voice, and he saw the bones coming together, and he said, I spoke to the wind and the wind came into them and on the day of Pentecost God spoke to the wind and there was a mighty wind and the Bible says those 120 people they got the fire they were revived and they stood up as a mighty army and they said yes Lord here am I send me if that's you today and you say I want to be revived by the power of God I want God to revive my hope I want God to give me great vision and I want God to give me great boldness I want you to stand to your feet right now and say God turn me God into a mighty army God turn me into a vessel God that I can speak God use me God for your glory and your honor God because I can hear it I can see it I can smell it and I know that it's coming God send the wind send the fire Send the rain, God, and revive your church today. Come on, raise your hands right now and say, God, revive us. Hallelujah. God, revive us. In the last days, God says, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters, they will boldly speak. They will prophesy. And your young men, they will see visions and your old men will dream dreams and even on my servants both men and women 
I will pour out of my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Listen to me. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this place. God is talking to every one of us today. God has taken us this morning into a valley of dry bones. Maybe you're looking at those dry bones at work. You're looking at those dry bones at school. You're looking at those dry bones in your community. You're looking at those dry bones all around you. But God, He wants to breathe revival winds, revival power, revival boldness so that you might begin to speak to those bones. So that you might begin to speak to your neighbors, to your co-workers, to your relatives and tell them, dry bones, live. I love what the Bible says that the disciples, they got so filled with the fire of God and they had, they had been revived by the Spirit of the Lord that they began to speak. And they threw him in prison. Peter is in prison and now Peter is released miraculously and he goes back to the house and listen what he says. He goes back to where the disciples are and they begin to pray. And it says on their release, Peter and John went back to the house and reported everything that had happened. And when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer. And they said, Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand and heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And the Bible says, and at that moment, the house was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. There's one baptism, many fillings. And I want you to know today God is here. His Holy Spirit is in this room. And God's going to touch some of you in a marvelous, mighty way. Get ready. Listen to me. Look at me. Look at me, every one of you. Get ready. God is about to touch some of you. God is about to heal some of you. God is about to release His anointing in this room. Last week, a lady came over to me. She might be in the service this morning. She came over to me last week, and she said, Pastor Steve, a couple of weeks ago, we were praying. And you said, somebody here has a back problem, and God's healing that back. She said, I was instantly healed by the power of God. Instantly healed. She said, God can do anything. He's a God of miracles. He's a God of wonder. He's a God of glory. God's going to do something in your life today. He's going to revive. Maybe some of you, you just need your hope to be revived. You've lost hope today. You know who you are. God's going to revive your hope. Some of you, you can't see it anymore. God's going to give you vision. And some of you, you've lost your boldness. You've lost your, your fire for God. And God's going to give you boldness today. He's going to restore your boldness. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You say, Pastor Steve, I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven. Pastor Steve, I, I, I'm not sure that I'm right with God and I need to get right with God today. I want you to raise your hand in the balcony. Say, Pastor, I don't know if I die today, I'd go to heaven. And I want Jesus to forgive me of my sins. I want you to raise your hands right now. Some of you are going to get right with God today. God's gonna, God bless you for that hand. God bless you for that hand. On the main floor, you say, Pastor Steve, pray for me. I need to get right with God today. God's going to revive you today. And he's going to give you hope that you have eternal life. Say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I die today, I'd go to heaven. I want you to raise your hand all across this place today in the balcony. Maybe you're in the cafe. You're watching this. 
in the cafe. Maybe you're watching this via live stream. You say, Pastor, I need to get right with God. Well, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And God's going to come in your life and restore your hope. But if you raise your hand today, I want you to turn to your neighbor right now in here. And I want you to ask your neighbor, if you die today, are you sure that you'd go to heaven? If they say, no, I'm not sure, I want you to say, you know what? You and me, let's go to the altar and let's get this right. Because you can't go any further until you give your life to the Lord. So if you raise your hand right now, everybody, if you raise your hand, in a moment somebody's going to ask you. And if you say, I don't know, I want you to get out of your seat in a moment. God's going to begin to revive people. And he's going to bring spiritual life into your life today. I want you, if you raise your hand, when we begin to sing, I want you to get out of your seat and meet me right here. Come on. If you raise your hand, come on. Come out of your seat right now. Ask your neighbor. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, do you know for sure if you died? If they say, I don't know, bring them out right now. Let's go. Come, 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 come. Take him and move him over here. Go over here. Go over here. Stand over here. Stand over here. I got it. I got it. You're distracting everybody. Stand right here. Stand right here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. In the balcony, I want you to come out of your seat. God's going to touch you right now. I want you to hurry out of your seat. Come on. I want you to hurry out of your seat. Say, yes, God. I want you to touch my life today. I'm coming in, into the kingdom today. Come on. In the balcony, I want you to get out of your seat. You say, Pastor, I don't know if I die today. I need Jesus in my life. I need to repent of my sins and get right with God. I want you to get out of your seat right now and come to this altar. Come on. This is not a seeker-friendly church. We do it the, 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 we call people out. That's it. There's a way it is. Come on. Come on. Come on. In the balcony. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Wow. Wow. Look at this. How many of you in this room right now, you would say, Pastor Steve, I'm a Christian, but I lost my hope that in this situation in my life, it's going to get better. I want you to raise your hand right now. It may be one situation. It may be one thing in your life. You lost your hope about something. Let me see your hands right now. Say, God, I've lost my hope. God's going to restore your hope because here's what he's going to do. He's going to give you vision. How many of you in this room, you say, Pastor Steve, I've lost my vision. I can't see it anymore. I can't see it anymore. Listen to me. Man, I'm telling you what, I'm so on fire for God because God has given me the gift of vision. I see it. I see my daughter serving the Lord on the mission field. And that gives me such energy to keep praying for her. I see my daughters loving God with all their heart, soul, strength, and mind. Listen, before they ever got engaged, before they ever got boyfriends, I started already praying for godly men to come in their life. And I thank the Lord that God fulfilled my desires. You have to see it first. You have to see it first. Let me tell you, when I was a little kid, look, look at me, every one of you. When I was a little kid, I mean, I'm telling you, I went through so, so much pain in my life as a kid. And I'll never forget, I was 13 years old, maybe 12, 13. And I was sitting in church, a church in Florida. We had moved to Florida for a couple of years, and I was sitting in church. And God showed me a vision that one day I'd be preaching in front of hundreds, thousands of people. And here's a kid that was messed up, a kid that was hurt and broken. And God put vision in my heart. And that was the very thing that kept me going all these years because I knew that God gave me a vision. 
and it's coming to pass today. You see, you got to hold on to that vision and never let go. Say, God, thank you for the vision that you gave me, God. And when tough times come, when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil because you know that God is with you. The God of hope has instilled vision in your life so that you can speak it boldly. Hallelujah. Some of you lost your vision. I want you to get out of your seat today. If you lost your hope or your vision or you lost your boldness, I want you to get out of your seat and just fill this place up because we're going to pray for you today. Come on, get out of your seat right now. You say, Pastor Steve, I'm coming up. I'm coming forward because I'm not going to lose my hope. My boy is coming home. My daughter is coming home. And I'm not giving up until it happens. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm not giving up on the church. I'm not giving up on my, my future. I'm not giving up on my dreams. Come on. Come on. Come on. I want you to come out of your seat. Say, yes, Lord. Restore my hope, God. Lord, you're a God of miracles. God, you're a God that, that you, you, you always, God, are faithful to my, my, my request and your promises, God. And I'm going to believe, God. Come on. Come on. All over the place. In the balcony. Don't let that balcony keep you. Say, I'm going to the altar today. I'm going to be prayed for. You've got a sickness in your body. We're going to pray for you today. We're going to pray that God touches your body and heals you today. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Maybe you're here today. Say, Pastor Steve. My husband and my wife lost total hope in my marriage. And I'm tired today because I'm the only one believing. But guess what? I'm telling you today, I feel it in my spirit. God's going to give you enough, enough hope for both of you today to carry it. Because that's the God that we serve. That God will strengthen you and never give you more than you can handle without His grace. Glory to God. I'm going to stand and I'm going to believe and I'm going to hope. Where there is no hope, I'm going to hope, glory to God. And God's going to touch you. Some of you are going to get touched by the Holy Ghost today. You're going to walk out of this place filled with God's power in your life. And God's going to do something great in your life. They're still coming. If you need to come from the balcony, you come today. Hallelujah. Now, all those that responded the first time, you responded because you want to give your life to Jesus. You said, Pastor Steve, I'm not certain that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. Let me tell you right now, all you need to do, look at me, all you need to do is invite him in. Does that mean you're going to be perfect? No. Nobody's perfect. Pastor Josh comes close. Nobody is perfect. We're still going to fail. We're still going to fall. We're still going to do things that we shouldn't do. But every day we're going to get stronger because we're going to be in the Word. You see, because if you want to be revived, you've got to get in the Word. You know what the Bible says? The Bible revives you. The Word revives you. You've got to get into foundations class. Every one of you that came up to give your lives to the Lord, I expect you to be in foundations class this Wednesday night at 7.30. I want you to sign up and say, yes, I'm going to let Pastor Steve breathe the Word of God into, him, into my life. And I promise you, you give me 10 weeks, God will fill you up. You'll be ready to go. You'll be ready to go. Because I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you. I see things that you can't see about yourself, young man. You know what? When I was a little boy your age, some evangelist came over and prayed over me. Just laid his hands on me and said, you know what? God's going to use you, young man, in a great way. And God began to do a work in my life like he's doing in your life right now. Hallelujah. God, I pray that you fill him right now with the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. God, wrap your arms around this young man, Lord God. Father, let him know, Lord God, that before he was born, you knew him, Lord Jesus. 
And he's not an accident, God, because you never make mistakes, God. Father, but you have called him, Lord Jesus. And you've sent him apart for such a time as this, Father God. And Lord, he's broken today, Father God, over, Lord, your presence today, Lord God. Heal him, Lord, and strengthen him, Lord God. And raise him up as a mighty man of God. Come on, everybody, just begin to pray right now. Say, raise him up as a mighty man of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now we're going to pray together. And if you pray this prayer with me today, Jesus is coming into your life. And he's never going to leave you again. You may feel like he's not there, but he's going to be there. You may feel like he doesn't love you, but he's going to love you. Because he can't stop loving you. Did you know that Jesus is wildly, madly in love with you? And he's never going to let you go. He's never going to leave you. Now you need to grow. You need to grow in your faith. But this is the first step. You ready? I want you to all raise your hands in the balcony. I want you to raise your hands on the main floor, in the cafe. If you're at home watching this via live stream, I want you to raise your hands. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. Are you ready? Lord Jesus, thank you that today you're breathing hope into my life. You're breathing vision into my life. I am special. I am your child created in your image. And I ask you today, forgive me of my sins. Wash me, Lord. Cleanse me, Lord. Lord, I have fallen and I have failed but your word says if I confess my sin you will forgive me and cleanse me I receive restoration and healing I ask you right now touch me by your spirit thank you Jesus for dying on the cross for my sins I receive forgiveness and eternal life as a free gift. I am free. I am strong. I am yours. Nothing will ever separate me from your love. You are great. And you will continue to do a great work in my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, shout it to God. Say, thank you, Jesus. Now, if, if, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, there's some altar workers that are going to come, and they're going to get some information from you so we can follow you up. The rest of you that are here, I want to pray for you. Some of the pastors want to pray for you. I believe God's going to heal the sick today. And I believe God is going to set the captive free. And I believe God is going to fill some with the Holy Spirit. So we're going to pray for you. We're going to lay our hands on you. Pastor Henry's here. Some of the other workers are here. And we're going to lay our hands on you. And we're going to pray for you. So here's what we're going to do. Because this church is way too small. We're going to need to do this orderly, all right? So the first thing is, if you prayed that prayer, you have a packet of information in your hands. All the workers, I want you to go right now and begin to minister to these people. Get them the packets of information. I want you to fill out those cards because we want to pray for you. We want to follow up on you, amen? Do we have some over here? We need, some, we need an altar worker here. 
Come this way. Come this way. Right here. Come this way. Come around. There you go. There you go. Make sure that everyone gets an altar package, all right? Hallelujah. The rest of you, if you want prayer today, I want you to stay at the altar, and we're going to come and pray with you. Amen? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray with each one of you guys. We don't want to lose any of you, and we don't want to leave anybody out. So if you want prayer, just stay. I want you to line up in a straight line here, right here. Just pull in a little bit closer if you want prayer. If you want prayer, just a little bit closer. Pull in a little closer. Amen. We're going to pray for you right now. On this side, I want you to pull in a little closer. If you need prayer, you want prayer, we're going to pray for you. Just pull in a little bit closer. Amen. We're going to pray for you right now. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to come.